Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Tour Championship. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, what up? What's going on, boys? Uh, The super season has officially come to a close, and what a season it was. Kyle Porter is here, KP. The super season, 50 events. It's... It's over. Well, I said on <laughs> it's over. I should have <laughs> tweeted that. Uh, Does he go this way? Oh, he goes this way. That, that would have been the safest one all year. Yeah. He, well, we should be in a playoff between Kevin Na and John Rom right now, to to uh, tell you the truth. But uh, I th- there's we had so many things to talk about. I'm I'm just I, I want everybody to know I'm just excited to be here talking golf today. So let's let's just let's jump in. Let's do this. So much to talk about. The $15 million man, Patrick Cantlay, gets it done. A one under 69, including a birdie on the final hole, number 18. Greg, for the vast majority of this event, uh, he was completely in control. I mean, he literally led this thing or co-led it every moment since last Sunday night, since we did this a week ago. Uh, There was really only one moment that I thought on Sunday where things Looked like they might have gotten away from him. It was on, I think, 13, where he stuffed one in there real close to three feet, 11 inches and missed the putt, which is like <gasps> record, record screech. First putt he missed in weeks like that. That was the moment I thought the door opened for John Rob. Hey, yeah. Real, real quick. Can I say this before Greg goes? Because I want to I want to sneak it in here. I think that I think that Cantlay did the thing that we all the three of us have always talked about. Yeah, I think he from the very first moment. Him. <laughs> yeah, didn't he? I think he led every every Actually, hole. Wire, wire. So, so technically, so I, so yeah. When we've talked about this in the past, Kyle's been like, "I want a guy to be in the first group <laughs> to make birdie on the first <laughs> which hole," which is insane, and, and then never give it up like ever again. Uh, which is this is kind of different, but but technically, so he was in the lead Thursday morning before a shot was hit. Uh, no one would have passed him right before he teed off. And no one caught him after that. So he, he literally been, led or co-led every second. Yeah. I think you, I was going to say, I think you might've been tied, but on Saturday, it, it took yeah. until Saturday, um, which is, it's pretty cool. So he, at it's least awesome. he started every round and ended every round, the solo leader, uh, which, which is pretty cool. So it was impressive by him. I mean, it, it's a, you don't know what, you're going to do holding on to a lead for that long. We see it every single week, the guys who end up 54 hole leaders and you just don't know what's going to come out the other end um, at the end of 72 holes. And he had a lead going into the very first round, only the third player ever 
to start a tournament with a lead, which is so um, such a unique experience. But he really played really, really solid golf. And he did exactly what Dustin Johnson did last year, starting at 10 under, shooting 67 the first round. He w- only made one bogey. He was very clean. Um, and, and the other thing he did this week, um, which I was really impressed by, is he made birdie on every par five, which there's only two per day but he was eight for eight on those par fives. And and that's, that goes a long way when you're starting the tournament with a lead. Uh, it was limited mistakes Saturday afternoon. He made a couple, but, but it was really, really limited. It was really solid play and he lost strokes putting, which was really, this is the thing Kyle was talking about. Um, at the BMW, I, sh- I should have realized, I think you said something along the lines of Kyle. I, I should have realized that Patrick Cantlay can hold on differently than yeah. I forget the player you mentioned, but somebody else, some Probably other Scott random player. It was a good opportunity for that, but I think it was, <laughs> I think it was someone else. <laughs> um, but, but so he comes in this week and the concern is, well, did he just win last week because of the putter? Is that really yeah, sustainable? Right. And he lost strokes, but he still had enough to get the job done. He was fifth for the week um, in strokes gain approach. He was third off the tee, second tee to green. And that's the kind of well-rounded game that leads to a FedEx cup title. What I also love about this KP is, you know, we, we have been, everyone knew for weeks or a week, whatever you want to call it. Rom was the guy. Rom was the guy yeah. that was going to be lurking. Rom was the guy that Patrick Canlay had to keep an eye on in the rearview mirror. Like we we knew this. Caesars opened him up as a co-favorite. These two guys as co-favorites. They got to play together for the final three rounds. I love the fact that they reshuffle after every single round of the tour championship, right? Like, so not only did Cantley, I, I thought he was impressive. He did exactly what he had to do all week long. He had to do that with the guy on his right hip for at least the final 54 holes. Yeah. And I think that's meaningful. And I think that, you know, we can talk about the shadow leaderboard. Kevin Knott said the secret leaderboard in his oh, did. transcript. Did you see that? He said, no, the, he said the phrase secret leaderboard, which <laughs> we can get to that in a minute. It's, it was actually hilarious, but we can talk about that later. I think, I think it's actually, and this is the difference between playing spreadsheet golf which is kind of the secret leaderboard essentially uh, cuz you're just dealing with numbers and playing like okay this was the actual tournament where Cantlay had the lead and had to maintain the lead and i thought it was it's listen like we talk about this all the time that's really i don't care if you get 10 strokes to start the week or whatever that's a really difficult thing to do and double that when you got rom you know on your hip like he would be just you got to look at him for you know uh, 54 straight holes to close out a tournament. That's, that's really tough. And I think, I think for me, it kind of crystallized like Cantlay is um, he, obviously the talent has always been there, but it's like, man, he, he's like, okay with leading, like comfortable with it. And so now you, and again, that's the difference between like watching the actual tournament where he led the whole time versus the shadow leaderboard, which we can, we can talk about all that, but uh, now you you kind of got to go. Okay, you won four times. You did this. You're probably going to be player of the year. Now you got to do it at a major, right? Like that. That's for him. And and Azinger said this on the broadcast. Like he's a star, and he's not like a star in terms of the way that the three of us talk about it. He he 
should and could be, I think he should be a, a mainstream star. Like he's one of the guys. And so now you, now you got to go to the masters and the U S open as one of the guys and you got to do it there because you can talk all you want about, Oh, you got the true championship on your resume and all this, just whatever. And it's like, you got to win a major. And so I think for him, uh, that's what, that's the next thing for him that will be the most meaningful. He, he seems very focused and very, I don't know the word for it, Greg, but he was talking about his, his post round interview. Um, you know, he was alluding to the fact that he was playing with John Rahm and he said on 18, you know, I knew I had to make birdie or better. I expected John Rahm to, to chip in there for Eagle. Cause that's what he does. This is, I believe the quote, or he does things like that. I believe is what Patrick Cantlay said. And then he also kind of made mention to, you know, every time I was in a moment, I just kind of had to, had to center myself. And he seems to be in obviously in control of his emotions. I think that's that's very clear, which as we have seen countless times every single week, uh, that's a big part of this being in control of your emotions. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me in a way of uh, Colin Morikawa and how everybody says Colin Morikawa is so much older than he is, which is easy to say, easy to talk about for a 24 year old. Um, but Patrick Cantlay is 29. And if you listen to his coach, Jamie Mulligan talk, um, they, they call laughingly Patrick Cantlay, like an 82 year old man. Cause his, his friend, his best friends are all older guys. And it, it, he just seems to be intellectually on that, that level where he's, he's a lot older than he actually is. He's a lot older than a 29 or 30 year old guy. Um, and, and it's, interesting to me because this really has been a slow start to his career and I, I think he's always been that way I remember watching him all the way back in 2012 um and in 2012 he's the low am at the masters um I, I believe masters or usam or us open rather one of the masters others. and masters right and so all of a sudden this guy who is the number one amateur in the world comes out, turns professional and it, he just can't get off to a good start. He gets hurt. He's hurt. He basically has a broken back for four years and, and he never gets that start going. But since he did, since he's got that going, he's now got six wins on the PGA tour. And it's basically happened since 2018. Um, he played 13 events in 17. That that was his first kind of return. And I mean, that's basically a rookie. He hadn't played more than seven events in any professional season before that. So he's basically been out here for four years um, and, and now he's a FedEx cup champion. And it's kind of cool to see, you know, that um, the expectation when Patrick gets healthy, he'll be one of the stars. He'll be one of the better players in the game. He'll, he'll do that eventually. That's what it, many, many in the game said, and it's come to fruition come to light and now he's got a season with four wins that doesn't happen very often it, it, it is interesting question. sure more wins going forward rest of their career can't lay or more kawa can't lay 29 how old's morikawa 24 so five years before 20, is he 25 he was 24 when he won the open i think yeah, he I turned think you're right. 25 in you're february right. he's 24 uh yeah you're right did you get, Greg. Him, a, what do you know, did you get, him, a, did you get him a birthday <laughs> gift or what uh we're pen pals you know i'm just uh, i'm just I, oh, he, uh, of, I, I just looked this up the other day will one of y'all text me tomorrow to remind me to get uh spieth a baby shower gift sure 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we got to talk about Spieth. Um, that's that's a segment for later. So Patrick Cantlay or Colin Morikawa moving forward? It has to be Morikawa, guys. Come on. I would, like, okay, first what, about, what about Cantlay or Brooks? I would say Cantlay. that's a little more interesting because Brooks, um, <clears throat> Brooks, Brooks can't stay healthy and there's closer. Brooks, <clears throat> Brooks might be injury prone. He, I mean, he is injury uh, yeah. prone. He not, he not might be. Yeah. He is. He's he's two years older than. Ke- oh, so this this all and this is kind of going to lead into like our player of the year John Rom debate. Is there will be people who argue two of these wins don't count. So like half of these wins <laughs> that we've given him this year, um, there are people who are going to say those don't count. So like it kind of goes into our whole player of the year, all that stuff debate. So it's, it's tough. It can't, I, I think can't lay over Brooks. Can't lay is two years younger. Can't lay is a winner. Brooks might be injury prone. Uh, I think in no way can you say can't lay or can't lay over Morikawa. I think it's, I think it's, I think that's probably right. I th- although I think the more, I think Morikawa has, he's won a lot and maybe more than his, like, I think he's maybe won at a higher rate than his stats suggest that he should have. And so I think I think we might I think we might overvalue like what his ceiling of wins is, even though I, I mean, Morikawa is awesome. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him. I just I think there's like some, some maybe like statistical outlier stuff there. Uh, I was gonna say maybe like Morikawa is overperforming. Well, he's I think he's over uh, collecting trophies. <laughs> like he's he's do you not. Think, do you think Cantlay is over collecting trophies this year, or do you think this is? A little more normal for him. Well, uh, I, th- I think he is because I don't. Uh, I mean, four wins is not normal for anybody. You win four wins, you're the best player right. in the world, pretty much in any year. Uh, the thing I was gonna say about can't like to go. I don't not to make this all about majors, but I think it's weird that he hasn't really even contended for one. I mean, his closest contention is nineteen Masters. He led. With yeah, like he had the lead. Left. Yeah. He led after like 68 holes or whatever. Um, but he, because, and the reason I say that he's not a, he's not like a Finau or even a Xander where he gets near the lead and you're like, Oh, what's going to happen? Like he, he kind of, he kind of goes after it. And that's what I think is very likable about him. It just hasn't, it hasn't proved out in, in major championships. And, you can say, well, the courses get harder. Well, his game like fits that kind of perfectly. So I, I, there's something there. I, I don't know. I think that's one interesting thing to kind of keep an eye on over the next couple of years. I don't think he's putted like this in a, in a major. I mean, he's had a couple of good putting years, but he seems to be a little more streaky. And maybe, I mean, the BMW is obviously a streaky performance, but when he was over and he kind of ruined this on 13, like the putt you mentioned, Rick. But when he was over a putt inside of 10 feet, all week long, I felt pretty confident he was going to make it. And he didn't fill it up the way he did at the BMW. But um, I, I feel like that improvement on the greens and his improved confidence on the greens could go a long way at next year's majors. He edges out John Rahm, who this is this has just been such a these two guys kind of intertwined in the story of this super season where 
they're kind of always, you know, they got, we had the memorial thing. We've got this one here, how they would have played out differently. If, if John Rahm had a couple extra strokes leading into the tour championship, there's all this stuff. Uh, John Rahm shoots back to back 68 KP on the weekend. It's two under par each day. He wins or excuse me, ties atop the shadow leaderboard with one Kevin Na at 14 under par. Um, he's not going to get credit for a win. He's not going to get the $15 million. Uh, it's, it has been such a strange year. I don't know what else we expected from this ending from Rob. It's just, it's just strange. Well, first of all, I don't feel sorry for John Rob's bank account. So no. that's, we can start there. Poor um, guy didn't settle for five. Ugh. Yeah. It's just, by the way, Kevin Na, was, Kevin Na was playing for the four at the at the end there when he lagged that that eagle putt on eighteen. Oh yeah, Ke- Kevin <laughs> Na was the right from, thing to do. Kevin Na, I, mean, from, I would be too. Yeah, from the heavens, Kevin Na goes out has like just like the the week of his life. Fourteen under in raw scoring to move up to what did he actually for solo third? Solo, solo third. lost. He lost. He lost uh, strokes off the tee. Yeah, and he was he gains like six on approach, another like three on the putting surfaces. He was he was dialed. It was it was, it was incredible. Listen, I made the case on HQ before we jumped on here for Rom as player of the year. And I, I think I, I'm probably on the, the wrong I will end up on the wrong side of that, but I think there's a case to be made. I think just like the way that we've started, and you, you'll like this, Rick, and we maybe we've talked about this before, but the way that we've started to value some of the advanced stuff in um, in like Cy Young voting, right? Major League Baseball um, pitching, where it's like, okay, it can't be just binary wins and losses. That can't be the only metric that we have. And I think that's that's mostly true in golf. I do think I now I will say I think what Mark often says on here, like, hey, winning matters, is is I think it's definitely true and i think we somehow overrate and underrate winning at the same time which is seemingly impossible to do but i think that sometimes we do that um so all that to say like rom's advanced numbers are a joke like hit like they're way better is producer jacob pulling them up okay here we go john rom this is a justin ray tweet John Rahm at the end of the PGA Tour season, scoring average first, strokes gained total first, strokes gained tee to green first, top 10 finishes. I think he had 14 or 15 first. 15. Uh, birdie average, tee first. Uh, yeah, you, you only had one win. It was a big win. He would have won Memorial. He kind of won this week. I, I just I think there's a real case to be made that even though he only had that one win and Cantley had four, that Rom was, and Rory said this on Saturday. He, he was like, "Look, I know who I would vote for." He didn't say Rom's name, but he implied it, and he said he's been the most consistent guy. He's been consistently the best guy throughout the year. And if Cantley wins it, I don't think that's, I think that's fine. I just think that I think with some of the advanced metrics that are starting to weave their way into the conversation, I think I think that Rom should really, I think people should really take into account what he's done throughout the year. John Rahm uh, will not be your player of the year. Patrick Cantlay will be, Greg. That's that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a guy yeah. who has four wins, including the FedEx Cup, and a guy who has one. And I mean, morikawa has got two wins in a major championship. Uh, so that's not that's not what's going to happen. However, uh, I think it is very clear to everyone, us, the players, whatever. John Rahm, for those fifty events or whatever you want to call, like 
he's the best player. He's the best player on tour. Yeah. He's yeah. got he's got the advanced metrics. He's the guy you don't want chasing you down. He's he's the closer. He's the one that everyone says, oh, he might just make this putt. He might just chip this one in. He he's the guy. He's the guy. It will not come with a player of the year award, but he's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he continues to put himself right there in the mix and right there in contention. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to falter under the gun. Maybe the the putter might get a little unreliable at times. Uh, but at the same time, at the U.S. Open, it was the that's what won him the tournament. So, you know, the John Rahm player of the year thing, ultimately, I, I appreciate all those advanced metrics. I think they make for great tiebreakers. Um, but but it's hard to get past winning, especially when the winning is seemingly unanimous. If you if you gave John Rahm the memorial win, which you can't do, you, you can't. It's not just a a one in one out switch. You can't just take a win away from Cantlay and give one to Rahm. But even if you did that, you're talking about three. And the FedEx Cup play the Tour Championships obviously affected, but. Um, you're talking about three wins to two wins, which is the same thing. Rom would have the same in the win column, major and, and an additional win as Bryson and Morikawa. So uh, it's a little, it gets a little complicated if you do that. Um, and and the other thing is coming down the stretch, whether it's a a shadow leaderboard situation uh, like we had last year with Xander and DJ, or this year with um, with Na Rom and and Cantlay whether you have that situation or a situation like we had at the Memorial, ultimately only the player that won and, and some of the players that didn't win are hitting those shots, knowing the situation and the situation isn't the secret leaderboard the, or the shadow leaderboard, whatever you want to call it. The situation is, Hey, uh, I'm Patrick Cantlay and I'm sitting at 20 under par right now. I'm winning by one shot with one hole to go or I am entering the final round too clear of John Rahm. And, and it's plain and simple. And so that, I think, is a big factor. you got to be able to handle those moments. And the player that handles those moments the best is the player that wins. And that's why Patrick Cantlay is going to be credited with four wins for the year. He handled all those moments really well. And that's why we say it right at the top of the show, he's not afraid of the lead. He's not afraid to close the deal. So all those other ancillary circumstances, while they're really interesting, compelling to talk about, and to a degree realistic, ultimately the guy who wins in the moment is the guy who wins. And John Rahm didn't win enough this year to win player of the year. Even though I agree, um, it's very clear that he is the best player. Uh, and, and what he's going to do next year is uh, almost hard to imagine. Well, uh, where do you, where do you land Rick? Cause I, I think, it, I think Greg, like <laughs> Greg talked me into his side. Now I'm like, ah, I can't wait. should be a player of the year. Um, I, <laughs> so I would like, if, if I had a vote, uh, I would vote John Rom player of the year. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's, that's going to happen, but I, I, I just think that, um, he was so good. Listen, and, and I can see it both ways, right? A six shot lead. We saw the very next week at the Palmetto championship, a six shot lead literally disappeared. Now that was Chess and Hadley and not John Rom, but you, the, the point stands there. Golf is weird. You can't a lot of just give happen. it away. You can't, you can't give just, it away. Yeah. So I, I, I get that, but I would, I would vote for Rom here. I mean, the, the, the argument against Patrick Cantlay is that, um, he didn't show up in the major championships and two of his wins were about the most fraudulent wins you could have gotten 
right? I'm not saying they were frauds, <laughs> but in our game, in our game, uh, being being six shots back on Saturday and then being in the lead five minutes later um, after John Rahm withdraws is is pretty fraudulent, especially when we're counting by wins. And then also you start an event too clear that you would have finished fourth in or whatever. Like it's it's fine. He had a great year, but if we're count if we're saying it's four versus one in the wins column, uh, two of the wins are pretty pretty bad. Okay, so a couple of things here. One, imagine telling yourself after the third round at Memorial that one of those top three guys would be player of the year and it wouldn't be the guy that was leading. It's crazy. Right? Uh, Two, so if you take it back to uh, September 9, 2020, so almost a year ago, uh, this is data golf, strokes gained. John Rahm is at 2.6. This does not include this week's Tour Championship, I don't think. So John Rahm's at 2.6 per round. Cantlay is second at 2.1, which is really good. Really, really, really good. Um, the difference between those two is the same as the difference between Cantlay and Patrick Reed, who is like 18th. Uh, Rahm's basically been twice as good as Brian Harmon, Will Zalatoris, Sam Burns, Hideki Matsuyama. He's basically doubled those guys up. Those guys are at 1.2, 1.3 strokes gain per round. Which, by the way, Sam um, Burns won once this year and had a couple other chances. Hideki won the Masters. Like these are not Harris these English, are not scrubs. <laughs> Harris English is in that group. I think ultimately you have to ask, okay, what is the goal? At, what is your goal as a golfer? And if your goal is to, like, if if you think the ultimate goal is just to win a bunch of tournaments, then can't lose your guy. If you think the ultimate goal is to play the very best golf of anybody in the world. I think Rom is your guy. And if and if and if the the way you measure that is again by trophies won, and I understand why you do that. I think it's legitimate, then I think I think Cantley can be and and should be player of the year. And I wouldn't have any problem with that. I think I think it's a totally fair outcome for all of this. Um I just think I, I don't know. I, I don't have any I don't have a problem with either one of them winning. It's just two very, very, very different arguments in the same way that Rory and Kepka argument back in, what was that, 2019? Uh, 19? Yeah, 19. In the same way that, in the same way that was very different because Kepka had won a major and Rory hadn't. And th- that, that, that was like you were contrasting different things then. It was majors versus not majors. Now you're kind of contrasting wins versus uh, perform- overall performance or strokes gained. But it, those two, like that argument over there and this argument over here are, you're kind of like clashing. And I think it makes for a really interesting conversation about all of it. See, I think that the purpose of those advanced metrics, whether you're talking about a Cy Young award in baseball, although golf's different because it's individual, whether you're talking about individual metrics um, or, or win, the purpose of those metrics is to figure out who's going to win, figure out who's going to give you the best chance of winning. That's why the the scoring average doesn't hold much more weight, right? The scoring scoring average is great. It's a sign of consistency. It's a sign that somebody's a really good player, but it's a sign that they are likely to win tournaments. In a, ideally, who's going to win? Who so, won the most? Go ahead. So how how far do you take that out? Because Stuart Sink won more tournaments than John Rahm this year, right? So how, like how many? And I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but like how many wins do you no, have I get to kind of to kind of outweigh what somebody like a Rahm 
has done. Like Harris English, Harris English won what tw- uh, twice, three times, twice. No, twice, twice, twice. and then he nearly one. three. <clears throat> and yeah. Rom basically doubled up his strokes gain number. So does that like? Just, right, but I'm you also look at their top, look at their their performance numbers. So uh, John Rom has fifteen top ten finishes in twenty two events. That's what remarkable. Can't I have? Seven, Caleb. Yeah, seven, with including this one. So he, seven, including this so, one, which so, we shouldn't even include this for anybody. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. So Rom doubled him up. Yeah, doubled him up in top tens. But ultimately, it's why it is compelling. But you, yeah, you need to close the deal. And if you look at the players in the tournaments, Caleb won, who he beat. It's it's incredible. I mean, forget about yeah, the asterisk at the memorial. You got Justin Thomas and, and John Rahm. Those two guys were tied second at the Zozo. Mm-hmm. Then you had the memorial where he beat Colin Morikawa. I understand the John Rahm thing. Just leaving that out. He beat Colin Morikawa in a playoff. Beats Bryson DeChambeau in a playoff in the BMW and beats John Rahm down the stretch this week. I wish- that, It doesn't get better than that. I know, I know. I wish I had the memorial as firepower because I think that I think if it was th- if it was Cantley with three wins, Rom with two, including a major, including beating Cantley at Memorial, I think then I'd be like, "You're wrong, Greg." But I, as of right now, I may I, I may be on the Rob side too. It's difficult to say, and it's it's crazy that. And again, like I don't know if PGA, I don't know if anybody even cares about PGA Tour Player of the Year, but I think it's fascinating because <laughs> it was because it was like, hey, that guy owned the year. And I think when you look at it from that angle, you, you like Greg's case for Cantlay or who, anybody's case for Cantlay really kind of holds up because he did own, especially this kind of back half of the year. Although. Again, his performance and what was his best finish at a major this year, Rick? I, maybe at the. At I just the, had it up here. <clears throat> so he missed the cut at the Masters, missed the cut at the Open Championship and the Masters. He finished T15 at Tory and T23 at the PGA Championship. So T15, T17 in November at the Masters too. <sighs> okay. Oh, and also and he, uh, he was T43 yeah, at the at Winged Foot. <laughs> there you go. And Masters. Rom probably Rom had. I think five top tens out of the six majors, yeah, maybe. I think he did too. I Rom's think he did the too. guy. He won't win. So Look, that's... I get the ma- the majors is the hard thing for me with Cantley. I I get that. And if that was the if that's the center, like I thought, Kepka should have won the Player of the Year in nineteen because because of his major yeah. performance. So I you get could, that. You could argue all of Cantlay's wins are pretty terrible, right? So he wins Zozo, which is a, a <laughs> small we've got field. Rick no wound up now. <laughs> he wins. He wins the Memorial, which was a six shots back. He was handed to, and he wins another small field event, the BMW Championship, and then wins the Tour Championship because the, he gets no. Hold on. Under hold on. Z- Zozo and BMW are legitimate. Like th- that's a. Those are like beating the two best of the tires. Fifth, you're, you're beating the best of the year. Yeah, the BMW is really. Good. I'm. I but am. But like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's 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 tough. No, it's we're not going to move on, producer Jacob. <laughs> producer Jacob wants to move on. He's I refuse to. This is. It's a little bit. It, it has a little Xander feel to it, right? Where Xander wins yes. these like tournament of champions and Olympics and all this stuff. And you're like, hey, beat yeah. 150 guys and not you know 22. Yeah. Which, granted, it's the 22 best guys in the world. So I don't know. I don't know. Listen, here's what we got to do. Uh, th- it was a record-breaking Sunday. 
we've got Ryder Cup takes that will uh, drive producer Jacob more crazy than our player of the year takes. So we're going to have to get to that. And we've got to crown a one and done champion. All that on the other side, because we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. Uh, Before we get into this Ryder Cup thing, because that's probably going to take us a while, two records go down in the super season, Greg. One, Sungjae Im. Lovely, lovely Sungjae. Breaks the most birdies in a season record. Congrats, Sungjae. And then Joaquin Neiman goes out and runs his way around Eastlake on Sunday in an hour and 53 minutes to beat Kevin Nas' 2016 record by six minutes. <laughs> what a day. Yeah. Which one are you more impressed I by, mean, Greg? <laughs> Look, I'm not impressed by the Joaquin thing. Running, I mean, it, it's oh, not get, you're, you're get, get Greg it's out. Of not here. that impressive. It's just not that impressive <laughs> to me. You're gonna run around in between shots and try to. Do, I mean, you don't. At that point, you don't care about your performance. And Have I'm not seen, upset like, at speed, him for doing the that. speed golf championship stuff. Yeah, it's a different sport. It's, it's normal well, sport, which, right? They, yeah. they add they add the strokes they add the strokes <laughs> in the minutes. So that's what I think. So so my my one take about against the Joaquin Neiman thing is your speed record shouldn't count if you shoot over par, which is which is what he did. He, I think he shot two over when Nod did it. I think he was two under. That's why the speed golf guys add strokes plus minutes because you you got to yeah, get you it's gotta dirty. get a combination of both and you play good right. So I totally get that, but that's the. Rick, I think that's a great idea. It, the fastest people I've ever seen play at all the clubs I've worked at are generally not very good. 
but they do right. crazy things like run around. They like there was this one whole club I worked at where they one do green crazy things. They do crazy <laughs> things just to say they played fast. And it I don't I don't get it. Like there's this par four that runs up uh, up the right hand side, and then there's a par three T that sits a hundred yards back. So you basically from your approach shot area on 13, it's right. The tee box on 14 is right next to it. So this oh, guy would it. hit his, he'd hit his approach shot on, uh, he said his tee shot on 13. He hit his approach shot to the green on 13 with another ball, hit his tee shot on 14. And it, the, he'd either have his caddy pick up the ball on 13 or he'd putt on 13 and then walk over and putt on 14. Like just a, <laughs> Just to save a couple of minutes to say he's the fastest player at the, it it makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't get it. My takeaway from the, the Joaquin thing is that the first 63 holes of an event should be like that. They should be fast. Not like that, but something equivalent to that, akin to that. If you want to make the last nine, but you can take three hours to play the last nine. I don't care. That's going to be intense either way. But get the like play the first sixty three. Like let's that you know the give give me like a forget the forty five seconds or whatever it is. Give me a twenty four. Give me the NBA clock. Let's get let's let's get after it. I'm a huge proponent of a shot clock. By the way, yeah, I love. I mean it, it it and Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg makes this point all the time. It it benefits guys like Dustin Johnson who are kind of savants with what they're trying to do. And you're not getting a compass out and trying to measure like the, you're not, you know, bringing in the Pythagorean theorem to figure out what your eight iron is into the 11th hole. Like that's not a, that's not a skill. That's just getting a textbook out. I think I think playing that fast would reward guys. I don't know why we're talking about this with the Ryder Cup and, and Tour Championship and Solheim Cup, but and I'm talking about Pythagoras over here. But that's that's my take on that. The content alone with a shot clock would be amazing. Um, yeah, also, it would be it would be sweet. Sunjay, it, it just becomes, cuts out gray area. It, you you need we need one. I don't care what the time is. We you we know what would one. happen. You know what would happen. You, you so think they it would, cuts they out would gray start, area. <laughs> would, yeah. yeah. They would start the shot clock when the golfer gets to his ball and they would force their caddies to sprint up there, get the numbers, have everything set so that when they get up there, they could just hand them a club. It would just be caddies would just have to work like three times. These guys are getting 10%. Make them work for it. No. Wow. And they're wearing shorts. I'm I'm only teasing. No rule in golf has ever uh, made things more black and white. Every rule ever created has only made things more gray, I think. Real quick. Sung J.M. Sung J.M. just set the all-time birdie record. Most birdies in a single season. Uh, that might be unbreakable. That might be golf's most unbreakable this is, record. I'm out on this. This is like Cal Ripken. Congratulations. You showed up 2,000 days in a row. Good job. Uh, congratulations, Kobe. You, you took 9,000 shots this season, and you made you know a quarter of them. I just I'm not impressed by the, by the birdie record. He just played a bunch. But doesn't it say something that he played a bunch and made more birdies more than anybody has ever done? Like, yeah, it is, it is, it is silly, right? The Cal Ripken thing is like you played a lot of games, but no one else could do it. You see, whether you stay healthy or whether you're willing to do it or whether you're in the league long enough to do it, this is this is a longevity record. 
Yeah, it's it's fine to be acknowledged. I don't need to be I don't need to celebrate it. Like I'm not I'm not breaking open a bottle of of wine tonight because Sung Jay, you know, made five hundred and eleven birdies. Or maybe I, I will, should. Maybe I, I will should. toast yeah. I will toast Sung Jay this evening, no problem with that. <laughs> he was thirtieth um, in birdie average on the year. And and because that was which is good. That's really it's good. Fine. It's not like it's it's pure it's not purely uh rounds played it's just largely influenced by his total rounds played here's how you know this is a sham record do you know who was second on tour this season in uh, oh we know do you know no this oh this oh this season yeah Yeah. uh who else danny lee danny lee uh not a bad guess but no danny lee plays a ton plays a ton doesn't make enough birdies (laughs) uh who plays a lot Scott Pearson, Troy Merritt. No, and no. Here, I'll help you out. Number two, Patton Kazire. Number three, okay. Sebastian Munoz. Bassy. Birdie Bassie maker. Buttload of birdies. So does uh, Kazire. Kazire makes a ton. Yeah. Especially makes, on Sundays. Uh, all right. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. Listen, last point, golf, normal sport. It's so weird. Can you imagine in another sport where we're talking about um, a record like this and we're like, oh, well, so-and-so from the NBA just, or maybe that's a bad example. So-and-so from the NFL just chose to sit out for, you know, a month and a half and not play like all the games that were scheduled. Like golf is, it's bizarre. And like, it is what it is. And I love it, but it's just such a weird, strange insane sport yeah well he played every game he played in every game (laughs) (laughs) yeah congratulations nba is actually a great example if they if they looked at who scored the most points and the argument against (laughs) it was big wolf he just played every game (laughs) 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 when matthew delavadova leads the league in total points for the year right (laughs) um ryder cup and Oh oh boy uh, so I think what Wednesday, I think is when we're getting the, the, the official captain's picks. I think they're airing it live on television. I don't know the date time nor whatever. Seems like a coming good idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am very concerned. I'm very concerned about a lot of things. I will be making my European, uh, to win wager here shortly. Here's a short list of things that the U S team has to consider. One, Greg Brooks Kepka destroys a tree root and, I can't believe I'm going to say this with withdrawals from his match with Dave Portnoy because of a wrist injury. I'm nervous. Let's start with Brooksy. Um, I'm nervous too. I'm, I don't care about the match with Portnoy. He was going to play lefty. Um, I'm, I, I am thankful that he rescheduled it and isn't playing in that. Uh, I'm thankful. He didn't say, all right, well, I'll play that with just my right hand. Can you, that can be you beat Portnoy left-handed? I don't think I could beat anybody left-handed, okay. but I don't, I, 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 yeah, no way, no way. Um, maybe just with my right hand. Oh, if I went just righty, I might be able to just one that. hand. Yeah. But I, I don't wow. know. I, I, I would doubt it. I think you could actually play pretty good that way if you practiced a little bit, but I digress. Yeah. The Kepka thing, that kind of injury that a left, uh, a left wrist injury. He's had, he's battled with injuries on that before. Um, and it's a little concerning. It's definitely concerning. 
Um, so I think we got to be prepared to have somebody uh, ready to go as a backup for sure. Well, one of the guys who might uh, be on this team or might be a backup or whatever is Patrick Reed, who just days ago left a hospital KP Con- like concern. Like how many do we just keep piling up the concerns here? Oh, well, you want to talk about Morikawa's approach play? How about Jordan Spieth's approach play? Yeah, that's not good. Bryson, everything that Bryson does is a concern. This I mean, the, the, read, the read thing, the more I think about it and read about it, the more I think he was really trying to frame it of like, I, I, I cheated death. I defied the odds. I you know, whatever to, to come back and, and, you know, be this captain America superhero figure and, and make it back to the Ryder cut team. Like that really feels like how the whole thing now has been framed and look like I'm glad he's better. I mean, you don't want anybody to have to go through that, but that whole thing is just so like, the more I think about it and the more he talks about it, the stranger it gets. I don't, maybe I'm alone in that, but I, I just, I, I feel like the more the week wore on, the more I kept thinking like that was really weird. Like the, the way it was all just uh, presented and like, you know, stories were getting deleted and stuff was getting taken down and put up. And it just, I don't know, man, like that whole thing was, was so odd. I, I don't, I, th- I think, you know, we were talking on Thursday, Rick, like that we thought they were going to take him. I flipped on that over Friday, Saturday, and I, I thought no, just based on some people I talked to and stuff I heard. But now with the Brooks thing, it kind of brings it back into play, right? Because I think I think they'll end up going somebody like Scheffler with the 12th pick. And then maybe there's a maybe there's a COVID reserve, right? That's kind of been a rumor of like, are they going to have a 13th guy in case somebody gets COVID? Oh, maybe I they have know. a. I mean, we might end up with like 16 guys on this team. It might be everybody that we've included. And now you've got Kevin Na talking after his round about how he's trying to win the secret leaderboard to be on the team. He That's can win ten, no ten me, more. Se- he can win ten more secret leaderboards. Uh, Kevin Na not getting on this team. I mean, I I am concerned. So, Greg, just to recap here. Um, Patrick Reed's doing his thing, trying to get on this team. Brooks Kepka's hurt. Uh, we don't know the extent of it. Jordan Spieth is playing the worst he's played this year. Colin Morikawa is in the worst stretch of his career, uh, and half the team hates each other. Is that everything? Oh, um, I, I think when you put it that way, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't look great. I mean, I mean, Patrick Cantlay, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, their games all seem to be in in a good place. Um, I like where D- Bryce DJ has been playing D- better. DJ played great today, played great this week. I like where Xander is. I like where Fino Berger. is. Um, you think Berger. Berger makes the team? I do. I think Berger oh, played his way for sure. I-, I thought he was on the team before. I uh, thank God he salvaged his week with, I would, I don't know what he shot on. I think he shot a 64. 64. Yeah. Round yeah. of the day. All, listen, uh, listen here, 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 the, 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 everything that people say about Horschel and Kisner is actually true about Berger. Right. So, so I totally the argu- agree. The, the argument for Horschel and Kisner is like, oh, they'll get in your face. They'll, they'll stand, they're, you know, they're the, uh, the whatever Poulter of our tail. Like, that's Berger. Like, but he's actually like really good. Like, his numbers are way better than, than those guys. So, and I think Berger, 
Berger has done one of the, uh, maybe it was passive aggressive, but one of the most aggressive things you can do on a golf course is walk 75 yards across the fairway to keep an eye on a guy that has a cheat. Like nobody else would have done that. I forgot about that. To be his teammate. He actually was did that. Like, <laughs> maybe his blame bar. <laughs> yeah, true. Who yeah, you should remind it, uh... Steve Stricker. I got, I got two things. One, Kyle's got to get, uh, we got to make sure Kyle sends a, a shower gift to Spieth. And two, <laughs> Um, we got to make sure that Rick sends Captain Stricker an email reminding him of the Burger and Bryson situation. <laughs> we get those two things handled tomorrow. I think we're in pretty good shape. Who plays with Bryson? Uh, he just um, let him play singles. <laughs> I, I think you could play him with uh, with Colin Morikawa. One, uh, um, I think I, I think, think you could I play think... him with Tony Finau. I think you could play him with. To, do they have to bring Webb on the team just to play with Bryson? <laughs> so it's so cut from the same cloth of Webb. You have to play him with. Um, I mean, I guess you could. I, I this won't. You could you play, him play him with Reed. Four, you play him in four ball and singles. He plays three times. Is that crazy to think? I think he's. I, I think you need Bryson on the field. I think you need him. He's like a five. He, he's a five match talent. I agree, but he's so he's so extreme, Greg. Right? I mean, do do you like to play with a guy who is ex- as extreme as he is, especially in the alternate shot format and the foursomes format? Um, I think it's going to be difficult. I think I think the answer Who wouldn't is, want to play with him in alternate shot. Well, listen, I, I think I think what we're talking about here we we started talking about like somebody like Cantlay, no holes, Rom, no holes. You're like that's yeah. the guy I want to play with. Bryson, it's like, well, can he chip? I don't know. It didn't look like it at BMW. Uh, he's all over the planet at times. It's just, it's very, it can work. I think it's, it gets really difficult when you have, when it's alternate shot and you've got a partner. Yep. Cause if he sprays you, so I, I think the two, I, my two favorites are Harris English and Daniel Berger, just like two guys that are, Low key, like maybe had Harris English, uh, who has played with him, has seen it up close recently, doesn't have holes in his game, I think would be laid back enough to deal. Made positive sure comments about him. Yeah. I mean, I'm he said sh- it was really tough. He kind of felt for him. Yeah. I'm not, nice. I'm not sure. Really nice I'm not sure there's a great answer, but I think Har- Harris English is probably. I, I think Finau fits that mold too. Yeah. I I don't. I don't know if I like Finau's skill set with Bryson. Well, he's got a great short game, which is nice. Um, and he has the club head speed. So both of those guys hit it really far and miss a lot of fairways. So if you're <laughs> Finau, you're kind of you're used to playing at a at a rough. You're not afraid of playing at a rough. And it's true vice versa. Where if you go Harris English. The the strategy, right? The model, the game plan, all that stuff we always talk about changes a little bit more. And now all is Bryson gonna start hitting, you know, iron off the tee to put it in play? I, I don't know. I don't I doubt it at whistling straights. If uh if Spieth wasn't locked in with JT, I think Spieth Bryson would be fascinating because Spieth's used to playing from all over the yard as well. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I think we I think we get Spieth JT five times or I guess four times and then singles. And I think we get, um, I think we're going to get Xander and, and Morikawa. And I didn't realize you're definitely going to get Xander gonna, Morikawa. Not Xander Cantlay? Talk, 
No, everybody's going to talk about Xander Cantlay. Xander Morikawa are like boys. I mean, they talked about it at the Olympics. I I, I saw somewhere, I read somewhere about like them being paired together. Uh, there's a lot of momentum around uh, Xander Morikawa. And I, I don't know where that leaves Cantlay. I don't know. Maybe he gets like a Scheffler or a Harris English or a DJ or I, I don't know how that works. But um, maybe Cantlay, if Cantlay and Bryson didn't, despise each other apparently i think they would be good together do you think um that xander morikawa and cantlay are all five match guys no i think it's hard to roll somebody like morikawa out there five times in his first i mean we were talking about this on tuesday so few guys play five times i mean it's basically rory and JT and maybe like one or two other guys. This was um you I think you missed it, Greg, but Mark who did Mark bet me, Rick? He met, bet me Bryson and Brooks would play five uh, times each. I think that's right. There is no happen. chance. No. I mean, now no, it's not gonna happen no, because no. of I, I I think Bryson, yeah. I think Bryson's how many matches he plays will be determined by what he does in like the first two. The first two sessions, you know, if, 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 cause, cause you know, if things go, if they go sideways for, for Bryce and they go very sideways, if he starts and two, he's obviously not playing five matches. They're going to sit him down. Um, if he goes two and oh, he could be, okay, this is the other thing. And I don't know who, I don't know if we talked about it here, but like the, this is kind of Bryce, uh, yeah. Bryson's chance to be like, I'm, I'm captain America. Love me. Like, let me go out, win five, five matches. You can't root against me at the radical. Like, love me. This is it. This is the moment. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I can't wait to see how they, hand, how they treat Bryson. It's it. I, I just can't. Thing, I mean, are are people going to flip and and support him? Yes, but you can't boo your own man on home soil. I know what you can't. Talking about. I know you can. I I I'm a. Fan. I'm a fan. I always have been. I it just really, don't know what like. I think Rick's point of like this is Bryson's like this is a huge opportunity for him. Both not just winning, but the way he and he he won't do this, but but to show up and be like, listen, last couple of years have been hard. I thought winning was going to solve like my desire to be beloved and be a star, and it hasn't. And that's been hard for me. Like that's been emotionally and mentally difficult for me. And I'm working on stuff. I'm going to try to change stuff. I'm going to try to be more humble. And I'm going to go out and just smack John Rahm around in this match. <laughs> that would be a really interesting uh, order of of talking points. <laughs> I'm going to be more humble. And I'm, I'm going to do this deep. Yeah, this deep dive. Oh, by <laughs> the way, I'm smacking yeah. this guy around. That might maybe because though. of my humility, I'm going to beat John Rahm. Maybe, maybe, maybe put some distance between those two, those two <laughs> phrases. But, but my point is, like, I think that I think that he has an opportunity to really. I mean, it's it can't get like I guess it could get worse, but he has an opportunity to garner a ton of and engender a ton of of uh, people's love for him. And a Ryder Cup is the like I think Rick is spot on. It's the perfect place to do that. Now you got to perform, but I think in addition to performing, you got to show up with that kind of attitude. Now, is he going to do that? No, he's going to do just Bryson stuff, and it's going to be insane. But I, I, I wish that he would because he, he would be a great 
you've heard people talk about Bubba Watson all week at the Solheim Cup and how people have flipped on him. Hey, he used to be kind of surly and and prickly and all this stuff. And now he's like a very lovable, like two-time major winner. And I think that may, I hope that that's Bryson in two years, five years, seven years, and not that everybody continues to pile on him for the next two decades. You're absolutely right, Kyle, with Bubba. And what what changed? What did Bubba do differently that that flipped this this switch for people? He said, "Hey, I'm struggling. This is hard for me." Correct. The, Correct. This is what I've been. This is what I've been saying. I've been screaming about this, and I hope for Bryson that he does that sooner rather than later. We are going to find out on Wednesday the final. I guess maybe with some reserves or whatever Ryder cup team uh, or Ryder cup teams. Uh, and we will pod on it when that becomes available. Anything else Ryder cup for now, by the way, you want to know the odds? Let's see. Caesars USA minus one eighty seven. Greg, you're up plus one eighty eight. That is with the tie option tie 12 to one. I don't know. I think you. I think Europe's team is kind of stinky. It's not that good. Has it ever been good? Like, haven't we said that? I know. Well, Rory <laughs> said today. Times. Rory said something like, uh, "I got to pull it up because it, it was pretty funny." Here's the uh, team. Uh, while you do that, you want me to read the team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they're doing their qualifying a little bit differently. They do European points and world points, and and Padraig Harrington is only going to have uh, I believe four captain selections. So here's here's the automatic qualifiers as of uh, right now: John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Rory McIlroy. So far, so good. After that, Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, Shane Lowry. So that's actually nine. Patty has three yeah, captains. That is, that's right, yeah. Rick. Yeah, but he's taking insert. He he really. As one, because I think he's taking Sergio and and, uh, and Poulter. Poulter. Oh, okay. So here's what Ro- Rory well, he might take him too. I hope he does. Uh, Rory said, I think all you have to do is look at the Solheim Cup this week to look at the favorite versus uh, on paper versus. Oh, he said to look at the favorite on paper. I don't know how this afternoon went, but Europe got off to a pretty start. I don't even know. Do they have one person in the top 20 in the world? Wow, kind of <laughs> taking a shot there. Uh, Look, on paper, it's just that. It's on paper. We've been underdogs in these things enough the last few years to know that it doesn't really matter, especially a match play over 18 holes. Anything can happen. But over the course of the lot of three days, I think the better team is always the one that comes out on top. And I guess we just have to look at our track record over the last 10 Ryder Cups that have been played. We've won eight of them, and that's a pretty good record. So he's basically saying, like, hey, we've had the better team. It just hasn't... Um, it just hasn't been handicapped like that, which I don't know that I necessarily agree with. I don't think they're not the, the better, better stroke team. play team. They're not the better stroke play team. Fair. That's a fair way to frame kind of what he's saying. But you look at 16, their team in six, Europe's team in 16, Chris Wood, Fitzpatrick in his first Ryder Cup, uh, Andy uh, 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 Sullivan. Oh, why am I forgetting his name? Sullivan. They weren't good. Um, Peters played well, but overall they weren't good, and they got smoked. That the U.S. low key like blew them out on Sunday. It wasn't yeah. that close. And this team this year, Westwood's not playing that good. I don't love Fitzpatrick. Um, Weisberger might be on the team. Like, there's just a lot of guys that you're like, wait a second. 
are they are they even that good in a way that I think yeah. they actually were pretty good in 2018. In case you were wondering, uh, yes, the Solheim European team does have one player inside the top 20. It's Anna Nordquist. Uh, That's it. She's 16th. So he's kind of right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Did you see Rory and uh, Naomi Osaka? No, I didn't. It was good. I tweeted it out. Go look it up. You're not going to tell us? You're just going to funnel people to the Twitter? Well, I... I don't want to take like 20. We've already, we've already done like 55 minutes on just me yelling at Greg about stuff. So he just, <laughs> he, he talked about like, lo- he, he talked about losing innocence as a professional and how, how difficult that is. And it was great. At Kyle Porter, CBS, find that quote from Rory McIlroy, read about it because there's one last thing, gentlemen, of this super season that we have to do. And it is to crown crown. We have to. Yes contractually crap we should we should sell a sponsor to this jacob and call it like the arnold palmer spiked king the one and done king i just did everybody's job for them send send me a check uh one and done yeah. crown you're a, you're a marketing professional <laughs> here we go <laughs> the coach ends his season at 5.8 million he went with dustin johnson and got 580,000 um uh, greg this was not I think coach would like a redo. I don't think this is the year he had in mind. Uh, I don't either. And he made some peculiar plays. Um, (laughs) He saved everybody. And he started late. He had way more guys. Uh, Look, he came from a tough spot because he was way, he started in last when he joined in um, and ended in last. So uh, I I have a feeling next year, we're going to get a different version of coach. Producer Jacob separated himself from the coach 7.4 million dollars he ends with a flurry xander shoffley 812,000, including a big sunday final round i don't know if jacob is joining us uh but if he i think he is jacob are you there hey i'm here for first time long time uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I I think there were some real positive takeaways from the end of the season there, uh, especially sort of throwing a dart at Bryson and getting him, getting some points out of him at the BMW. Uh, same as Andrew Faris. Like, I, you know, I think we took a lot out of this year. It was first first year under the new regime. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're it was a rebuilding effort. So we're looking forward to next season, which is uh, what, Gee. a week away. Yeah, hopefully you have time yeah. to reboot for the for the Fortnite. new season. Um, in the last seven weeks, you got three point one million, which is which is very good. So good, pretty good, good end, good end of the season run. KP nine point one million, which was one point seven million better than Jacob, but two point four million off the eventual lead. You had Dustin Johnson. He got you five hundred eighty thousand at East Lake. How would you assess your season in the one and done? I don't know. We might have lost the Kyle. I I think so. I didn't know we did. He's still talking. I feel bad. <laughs> We're gonna have to boot him, Jacob, or something. There we go. Okay. So you know, we you know, a little tech. Isn't it funny that he has a little technical glitch? 
you know, Greg, when he's got to defend his. Yeah, his do you think he was faking that? I think he might have been faking that. <laughs> I think he was too. Look- you- million for you greg you had cam smith which was your hand being forced uh by me at the tour championship you had john rom got you 2.2 million at the u.s open tony finau got you a million at the genesis dustin johnson got you another 2 million at the masters you had some big victories along the way I did. I think um, I would be a candidate and probably leading the way for player of the year this year, even though, um, I, you know, I came in third in the eventual FedEx Cup. So I'm disappointed by that. I'm happy with a couple of nice victories. But all in all, uh, my strategy last year really worked. And I got a little spooked by the super season. I looked at leaderboards a little bit too often earlier in the year and made some um, quite frankly, I made some bonehead plays, so uh, I didn't deserve to win this year. Um, but I'm happy that I was at, at least had a chance going into the last week. Mark, uh, had a run because he had Justin Thomas at Eastlake. JT got off to a roaring start. There was a time where he was in, you know, solo third. He ends up getting a million dollars from Justin Thomas and finishing at 10.7 million for the year. I also find it very interesting that Mark is not joining us this evening, Greg, because this is, you know, this is his baby, right? He, he told us how he slayed Rob Bolton in a one and done before. This is, this is his baby. Second place is nice, but he's not here to defend himself. No, he's not. Um, but it, hey, it was a much better year for him than last year. Um, and and he, he puts a lot of time and thought into it. And it was a good showing. I'm a little upset he clipped me. So that's the last of the nice things that I have to say about Mark's one and done. Well, if Mark slayed Rob Bolton and I slayed Mark, do I get to say that I, through the transitive property, slayed Rob Bolton as well? Um, well, I suppose, I guess you and I both would, right? Yeah. I think, I I think last year, I think in boxing, yeah, that's like the lineal title, right? So yeah. Right. So Rick, you are have you are now a, uh, Rob Bolton Slayer. I'll make up some shirts. I love it. No problem. Have those out in the next couple of days. 11.5 million. My final tally. Uh, I went with Bryson who I held for the last five or six weeks of the year. He got $660,000 at the tour championship. Again, we are doubling. Don't go look up the actual payouts. Uh, We did our own thing. We took the WGC Memphis payouts. We doubled them. So if you're confused, that's what's going on. Um, But that was, that was a season, Greg. It's a lot of yeah. picks to make. You know, it oh, is so many. when we said, oh, we'll make 50 picks. You're like, ah, there's 50. There's 50 guys. No problem. It's it's hard. It's really hard. And when you get down to the end, it gets really hard. Like I never played Rory. Uh, I did play Rory. I never played Bryson. I couldn't at the in the last week. Um, but you get those situations where you, if you hold on to guys, you want to have options for Eastlake. But those guys often are worthy of, of a play earlier in the year. But Rick, one final compliment to you, the victory of the year, the, the one and done play of the year uh, presented by Jacob work on that for next year. Uh, <laughs> it was no doubt Justin Thomas at the players. You, you look at I, like, I go through the year and look at, did I, who did I really miss on? Or did I get the, like, I got the best out of John Rahm. I possibly could. I got yeah. the best out of DJ that I possibly could. Um, but that's really it. And you squeezed, there were a lot of other opportunities, especially earlier in the, in the year for DJ, uh, and, and all year for Rom, there were good opportunities to good, uh, good places to play them. 
Um, but JT, because of what happened afterwards, he didn't have many good weeks. And if you didn't play JT when you did, there wasn't another really good opportunity. So I yeah, kudos to you because he won in the biggest purse of the year. So, um, yeah, that tip tip of the cap to that one. Thank you. Um, the So the guy who's going to end up being player of the year, Patrick Cantlay, you want to know how we deployed him as a group, the six of us? Oh, no. We earned a total, six of us combined with the guy who won four times, made all the money, is going to be the player of the year. We got a combined 776,000. Wow. Of Kyle got zero. Jacob got zero. Uh, you, me, and Mark took him at Shriners and got 190,000. And... A coach actually got the best result out of him, took him at the Northern Trust a week too early, got 203000 So the guy, all that money that Ouch. guy made, six cracks at it, we got 776000 I uh, I got to pull a, a coach here and talk about my own Patrick Cantlay gripe whenever it comes to wagering because I had a Patrick Cantlay to win the money list ticket. That is a loser because uh, technically John Rahm won the money list because – Tour championship does not count towards official money for the season. So That's if you're wagering in the future. Yeah, because what they used to do, Jacob, they used to have payouts. They still used to have payouts at the tour championship, and then the bonus money would not count, but they got rid of that. Now it's all bonus money. So it ends at the BMI. Right. There's no purse. There's yeah. no real purse. And you got clipped by like a hundred thousand bucks or something, didn't you? Yes. And I oh. and I have mixed I have mixed emotions because like obviously Cantley stole the memorial uh, in a fraudulent victory. Uh, but he missed the cut at the players and the masters, yeah. which uh, that was could have been free money. That would have been it's hard difference. to miss the cut at the masters if you're like one of the top. Yeah. It's like a small field, the bottom 15 are past champions. Like you at least make the cut and get your, I don't know, 75 grand or whatever it is. Tough. Sorry, Jake. I think what we're doing, so next week is uh, the one week off, so enjoy your off season. I believe what we're going to do is a Ryder Cup team re recap at some point, Wednesday or, I don't know, something like that. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then we'll figure out the fall schedule because the Fortinet Championship is two weeks away. And then there's, I mean, Greg, listen, if you wanted time off, there's, it's not coming. It's not coming for all Fortinet. You yep. got the Ryder Cup. Uh, Bryson's going to participate in a long drive competition, which I just got a media credential for, which is going to be bad. Nice. <laughs> so you'll see me up in Mesquite with the boys. What's going on? With the, I mean, there's going to be a lot of golf. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Uh, I'm glad there's not really an off season because we do get a nice holiday break. So there's no complaints. Um, right back to it. The wraparound season begins shortly. Thank you very much. The super season is in the books. It has been a pleasure. It has been fun. We'll be right back at it at some point next week. For now, let me thank producer Jacob. All the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. Kyle Porter still probably speaking into the void somewhere uh, as we speak. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 